Today's scripture comes from Luke 13, verses 31 to 35. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, You will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. You know what I'm going to ask, right? (laughs) Has anybody told you today that you're the beloved of God? Somebody did tell you that. Good. Anybody else? Good. If you haven't been told, let me be hopefully the first of many, to remind you today, you're the beloved of God, beloved sons, beloved daughters. Hmm. So in my neighborhood over on Elmwood, there's a neighborhood fox. And every once in a while, I see the fox kind of skittishly coming over to our bird feeder. And picking up whatever crumbs and bird feed he or she can, looking around, and then going back to the bird feed. And every once in a while, I see foxes trotting through our neighborhood. Do any of you have red foxes in your neighborhoods? Oh, look at this. Okay, so you're not alone. I find them to be fascinating and beautiful and magnificent to the point where I was once driving our daughter Elizabeth and some of her friends to some event, and we saw a fox going down the street. I said, kids, look at that. And so we turned and just followed the fox. Following the fox down the street, it was our own little version of a fox hunt. We weren't planning on killing the fox, but it was just fascinating to watch the fox would run ahead of us and then look behind us, look behind and look at us and then run a little bit further, and we'd just keep going at a safe distance. There was once I was walking um, back by Kelly Pond, and there was a fox back there early one morning, and this fox and I just stopped and looked at each other and held the gaze, which is really remarkable for a fox to do that. And it was one of those moments that we... I think both realized, here we are, creatures of God, recognizing one another. But I also realized that foxes have a reputation of not being necessarily kind to smaller creatures. And foxes do what foxes do, and that is sometimes eat birds that are smaller and slower than they are. Did you read the story this week about a 
hen house in northern France, in Brittany, where a fox got into the hen house. There were about 6,000 chickens. And this particular uh, hen house had a automatic fence on it that if it detected something, it would close the gate. Well, a fox got into the hen house. The next morning, did any of you read this? Some of you did, okay. The next morning, they found the corpse of a dead fox that had been pecked to death. <laughs> Don't mess with mother hens that stick together. I'm thinking about this this week because the, the scriptures talk about Jesus referring to Herod as a fox. And Jesus saying about himself that he feels like a mother hen. Huh? The scripture that Carolyn read to us today starts with fearful religious people saying to Jesus, you better get out of here because Herod knows where you are and Herod is coming to get you. Now, we don't know if the Pharisees were really interested in Jesus' welfare or if they were just afraid of Herod because they had this kind of deal with Herod that they wouldn't cause Herod trouble and Herod wouldn't cause them trouble but they knew how powerful Herod was. They knew what a megalomaniac he was. They knew what a narcissist and a violent one at that he was. And so they said to Jesus, get out of here. He knows where you are. Jesus says to them, without any fear, followers of Jesus, take note. When people of fearful voices want to share their fear with us and make us afraid too. Jesus doesn't take the bait. He's not afraid. He says, you go tell that fox that I'm here today, I'm here tomorrow, I'll finish my work on the third day. Early church was taking note of what happened on the third day when Jesus rose from the dead. He said, tell that fox I'm here casting out demons, healing people, and I'm not going anywhere. But I need to leave on the third day because the prophet is always killed in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Salem, a root word for peace. Jerusalem supposed to be a city of peace, of shalom. And Jesus says, oh, Jerusalem, you always kill the prophets. 
You always stone the prophetic ones who are sent to you. And how I have longed to gather you together like a mother hen gathers her chicks. But you, Jerusalem, were not willing. You were not open to this embrace. Friends, this is the lament of God who longs to gather us under her wings for protection, for nurture, for care, so that we might grow and mature. But we are not willing. And we are afraid. And we scatter from the wings of a loving mother God. I sense the lament and compassion of our mother hen God who wants to comfort us in our sorrow and gather us together in our hurt. I have a profound sense this week of our mother hen God wrapping her wings around Christ Church, New Zealand. The Muslim community that is grieving the loss of 50 of their congregation members who were shot, hunted down by a racist, white supremacist. I sense the wings of a mother hen God comforting not only Christ Church New Zealand, but all of the communities throughout the world who have been attacked, who have experienced violence, terror, and these news reports bring it all back. Friends, this may be a sign to us in Chatham. Somebody asked me this week in our congregation, what, what should be our response again to this violence, this attack on a religious community? And I don't know the answer to that very good question. But I do know this. The Holy Spirit has been nurturing our congregation here in Chatham to be a place of welcome to the Jewish community and the Muslim community and the greater Christian community. And just about a week ago, we through conversations with our Muslim friends in the Peace Islands Institute, solidified two dates where we will have 
an Abraham lunch again in Rada Hall, where we will have to turn people away after the first 120 folks RSVP. It is such a popular event where we will have lunch together, people of the Abrahamic faith tradition, Jews, Muslim, Christians, and other faiths, of course, are welcome to talk about our faith traditions, to talk about common ground, to break bread together, to have a meal together. Our Turkish friends will bring some delicious Turkish food that is halal. We will have a kosher option. You can be the first to hear the date, Tuesday, April 30th, from noon until 2. We also planned on having another interfaith iftar dinner during the holy season of Ramadan where we will invite our Muslim friends from the Chatham community to break the fast in Radha Hall, to have a call to prayer in Radha Hall, to have a magnificent feast at sundown. And that will be on Wednesday, May 22nd. And again, we'll have to stop the RSVPs at 120 because that's where we max out our space. And so many people wanted to come last time. There was not enough room. I don't know what to do about Christ Church in New Zealand other than pray and lament and call my Muslim friends and say, I am so sorry, I am with you. But I sense that God is saying, you just keep moving towards providing space where the interfaith community can gather and learn from one another and grow in trust of one another and grow to appreciate one another's unique faith traditions. I close with this reflection from Barbara Brown Taylor, an Episcopal priest seminary professor, Christian. She writes, if you have ever loved someone that you could not protect, then you understand the depth of Jesus' lament. All you can do is open your arms. You cannot make anyone walk into them. Meanwhile, this is the most vulnerable posture in the world. Wings spread, breast exposed. But if you mean what you say, then this is how you stand. Jesus won't be king of the jungle in this or any other story. What he will be is a mother hen who stands between the chicks and those who mean to do them harm. She has no fangs, no claws, no rippling muscles. All she has is her willingness to shield her babies with her own body. If the fox wants them, he will have to kill her first, which he does as it turns out.
He slides up on her one night in the yard while all the babies are asleep. When her cry wakens them, they scatter. She dies the next day where both foxes and chickens can see her. Wings spread, breast exposed, without a single chick beneath her feathers. It breaks her heart. But if you mean what you say, then this is how you stand. As vulnerable as that stance may be. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we stand with a hidden security that can give us courage to offer that stance to the world. I hope you received one of these prayer cards on this St. Patrick's Day. If you didn't, the ushers can bring one to you or you can pick one up on the way out. If you need one, just raise your hand because I want us to pray this and affirm this together. It is called the breastplate of St. Patrick. Let us affirm this wisdom together. Christ with me. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ in me. Christ beneath me. Christ above me. Christ on my right. Christ on my left. Christ when I sit down, Christ when I rise, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. May we walk through life with this sensibility and with the willingness and trust open our arms to hurting people and a hurting world. Amen.